Welcome back once again, everybody. It is time for Goonies World, and I am Meanie, also known as Ryan. And I am joined, as always, by Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Hey, 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 it's Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. And Goonie, also known as Colin. Hey, hello. And we are returning for the finale of The Beast. Yes, The Beast. I'm running The Beast. I'm running The Beast, which makes me The Beast Master. And there's not really what it is called in the game. But it's a one-page horror RPG by Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor. I stumbled across on the internet. And I think there's a lot of interesting one-page games coming from Grant Howitt right now. And we've played them before, and we'll probably play them again. I'm not going to bother recapping the beast, though, except to say, hey, it's Austria. It's the 1750s. There's a beast on the loose terrorizing the village of Wolfsburg and taking away young girls. And the Baron has hired some men to deal with it. If you want to know more, go back and listen to the previous two episodes. Anyway, you guys, Ludwig, Ryan, and Dagobert, Colin, have just finished dealing with the devil child. You've put that solution. You've, <laughs> you've put the devil child in the ground and learned from its mother some of the weaknesses of the beast. And uh, I believe you are headed back to the village of Wolfsburg to marshal your resources and carry out your plans. And we will go ahead and jump right back in to the action. So you're approaching the, the village. It's still daytime, but I'd say it was getting on. It's got to be getting on, you know, afternoon, though, by now. You've had a pretty busy day and uh, probably bordering on late afternoon, but still light out. Now, your first house you pass, which is on the edge of the place, is Pierce's house. And as you recall, you have gotten Pierce to paint the sigil of Baphomet on his own house and dress in his mother's clothing in order to lure the beast and he's still there sitting on his doorstep in his mother's clothing looking glum and uh, you'll have to pass him you can awkwardly ignore him or you can talk to him a little bit but I believe you guys were headed on your way to find some salt that you could uh, get blessed and, uh, yeah. still, a driz- still a drizzly day so even though it's daylight out it's, it's definitely gloomy and dark and uh, all the people of the village are tense because they're all afraid their daughters are the ones who will be taken by the beast what do you guys do? So, uh, approximately how long would it take to get to the uh, the old like ruins or whatever where the beast supposedly like lives? Well, it's, uh, they're not far, far, far away, but I picture them as being at least like an hour's walk, something like that. Okay, because I, if I recall, we had learned that the beast... Um, is also like particularly weak to sunlight or something, so... That's right. I, I, I was thinking, like, approaching there during the day rather than waiting, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for uh, him to come to Pierce's house might be a smart way to go. Yeah, I mean, we should take advantage of that weakness. However, I did just hear Sean say it, it's gloomy out, so I don't know how much sunlight there is. We'd <clears throat> actually be able to uh, use the sun if clouds are in the way. Well, that's, that's good thinking, but I'm certainly not going to be that guy who takes a weakness of the monster and then, you know, completely negates it by saying it's too cloudy. Okay, it's I didn't cloudy. know if there was a certain, like, something else we had to do to the UV percentage say a prayer to open up the clouds or something. Well, that's a great idea, but no, as, as long as it's technically daytime, I think you're you're okay. probably all right on the light front. But I say you get maybe three, four hours of daylight left tops, you know. And... uh 
But no, the uh, the fortress is not far away. People don't not go there because of its remoteness, but because of its evil reputation. And again, it's like it's really old. It's like pre-Roman, you know. So its foundations it was fortified again by Charlemagne. But it's close enough that peers could stroll to it in the morning, you know, to make sketches of it, which is where he first encountered the beast. But uh, but yeah, Piers again looking glum as you pass him. But he doesn't try to initiate conversation with you unless you want to talk to him. He's he's feeling sorry for himself. He's deep, deep, deep in his feelings right now. He's full of self-loathing. You know that much already. And now he's humiliated. Why he chooses to sit on the public front stoop of his home in his mother's clothing, uh, I don't know. But some self-imposed penance. Yes, he's, he's feeling the... Shame he wants to embrace it so much because he's so, he knows he's done very bad. Embrace the shame, Piers. Embrace the shame. Well, <clears throat> the people of the villages that go about their tasks look to you with hopeful looks in their eyes, more quizzical. I wouldn't say hopeful, but, but quizzical with a touch of hope. They know you're investigating the problem. They, they expect you to at least try to do something. Whether they believe you can do it, I don't know. But you're certainly not swarmed by anyone. And uh, they're all half afraid of you anyway. So, I think somebody should go to uh, the Salta and get, and get some salt. Um, I may... And, and I think we should have the salt consecrated by the priest and then maybe we should talk to blacksmith about uh, the you know Mr. Smith about um, whether he could make us assault rifle uh, ass- assault rifle <laughs> yeah like I'm not uh, even sure uh, if that's uh, a pun or not but yes okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah of course it is <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well it works either way uh, um so, <clears throat> yeah, we, we, we can do that. Uh, we need to talk to uh, someone about smear, getting some mirrors or something for, for the sunlight. Well, I think the blacksmith could probably pound out something so smooth that it would be very reflective. Yeah, I think that's probably yes. true. Well, um, let us uh, get some... I will go get uh, salt in. Do you think we should split up or do you want to do it together? I think... um, uh, I think we should stay together because we are good friends. We do not want to be apart from each other. (laughs) Remember what happened on that cliff? We did have kind of an intimate moment on the cliff. That is true. Sure, there was an intimate moment that happened. We bonded. Yeah, yeah. It was a touching moment. A dick touching moment. That's right. That's right. Yes. Hey, good to have something to grab onto when you're going to fall off a cliff. But yeah, I think after that that intimate bonding moment, you know, I think. Maybe you should stick together. But there's one place to get salt, and that's Carl Salter. He's not one of the ones... There's many people in the village with with daughters, as you recall, who were asking for your help. But everyone pretty much agrees. Now it's Katrina, you know, who's, who the, the beast is coming after. She's the one who 
and appears as, you know, attempted to paint her house first with the sigil of Baphomet. Carl, however, is, uh, uh, you know, has, has no family. He uh, uses the salt primarily to, people use the salt primarily to preserve things, you know, not to flavor it. But he has a salt cellar he works in. It's uh, kind of just looks like a mound in his backyard, right, with a door in it. looks like an old tornado shelter type of thing. But you open up the door and you go down his side, and that's where he stores all his salt. He's just coming up out of there, uh, wiping his hands on his apron as you approach. He, he fixes you with a sour look. Uh, yes, what is it you want? Uh, we want salt. I am here to sell everyone salt who comes by. You're eating in the Baron's kitchens, are you not? Eating very nicely in the Baron's kitchens. What do you need uh, salt for? Well, we are tasked with killing the beast, and we know how. We now have some information that salt might be effective as a weapon against him. Salt. Yes, but we have to get it. Uh, or blessed by a priest and I would hope it, you would do your part to help your village out and give us some salt of course I will do my part but I must make sure you're not going to throw this away uselessly I saw you've been talking to Piers all the time I certainly hope that Piers is not your expert on what will harm the beast and what will not no we have another source that is more credible than Piers oh well, what about you, you pretty man? He says, looking at Ludwig. Uh, who's this source of yours? Well, of course, we went out and talked to the old crone that had the devil baby. And then we had to kill the devil baby because it was not destroyed originally. What? And then I had to bury it. We, it had two heads, and we had to bury the heads. And I had to give a very emotional and poignant speech at its, uh, you know, burial. Aye, this is... Serious news. I was there. I was there 30 years ago. And that, that, I always knew they should have completely burned and destroyed that devil baby instead of just burying it in a shallow grave. It must have pretended to be dead and then crawled its way out. You say you have destroyed it? Yeah. Well, if it is the old crone who told you that salt would hurt the beast, then it must be true because... She's an old woman and she lives alone. Therefore, she must know all about evil things. Yes, she does. Hmm. She Apparently, she had sexy times with the devil. And that is how the baby was made. And he crosses himself and shakes his head. It's man's sin. It's what brought all this upon us. But perhaps if we were righteous like Noah, then, then God would save us. Of course, he's referencing the... the sermon that Father Johan gave earlier this morning, in fact. I think it has only been one day, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, earlier this morning on on the Nephilim and uh, the destruction of the world by water and so on. Well, how much salt do you need? Asked Carl Salter. Well, uh, so I'm not really sure, but my, uh, my plan is to consult with the smith and see about creating some kind of crossbow-like salt rifle mm -hmm. yes. so that we can shoot like boats full of, of salt mm -hmm. at the creature so mm -hmm. well listen I will give you this small cask of salt I suppose if you need more 
If you need more than this, I would be Billings a Baron. And uh, I don't really know how salt comes, but I, I'm picturing this like, uh, you know, slightly football size little, you know, barrel you can hold under one arm. And uh, it's a lot of salt and something like that, I would guess. And if you were planning to, like, pack it into projectiles, you know, rather than, like, spray it, you know. Uh, so. Well, I, want, I really want the salt to penetrate the meat. Yes, yes, yes. You must penetrate meat. You must penetrate good penetration so very important but well like I say puny, this represents a significant sacrifice on my part and I am happy to do my part as you say but anything more than this we will have to talk to the Baron and I will be billing him I think yes I think this would be sufficient we we only have we only have to make a, f- a few projectiles and I, and I think that the uh, that would be sufficient especially if we get enough penetration of the salt that should weaken the beast quite significantly, I would think. I hope so, for this curse is long lane with this, with this village. Very well. God go with you, then. Very well. Thank you, sir. Yes, yes. So I guess you'd move on next to get it consecrated, I suppose. Yeah. Get it blessed. And you've already, of course, talked with Father Johan once today. And uh, he is... Up front, he's not wearing his vestments anymore, but he is in the open sanctuary. And he's sitting up front by the lectern, cross-legged, you know, in front of it. Uh, the big book on his lap, probably the Bible or a concordance. He's making notes, you know, he's like writing a sermon or studying. But he stands up at your approach and says, Oh, so did you have a productive afternoon? Yes, I think so. Very quiet, I would say. We... We we finally did away with the devil child from thirty years ago that crawled out of its faked its own death and crawled out of its shallow grave. I have heard this rumor, but as you know, I have been studying in Italy for a great many years, and I did not know if I should put stock in that. But perhaps the poor thing is better off. I hope that I hope that did you did you consecrate it properly or say a few words? I would. I wish that you had called me. I could have come and given it the extreme unction and the, the proper rites. Perhaps we could have saved its soul. Mm. But. Well, I did say a few words, but I did not think to come all the way back to the village to fetch you. Yeah, that's, that's understandable in the heat of the moment. But, uh, so, killing the devil child, that's a good service for the village, but to my understanding, that's not what you originally set out to do. You were... You're going to hunt down the beast, yes? That is correct. And because we killed the devil child, the crone told us the beast's weaknesses, one of which is salt, but we thought we should have it consecrated. Mm, Yes, yes. You know, I have heard before that uh, unclean things, you see, things that are ritually unclean in the eyes of God, in, say, the ancient Jewish tradition, can often be affected by salt. Yes, I would be happy to bless the salt and consecrate it. But I must observe the proper rituals. And it will take me some time, and I must put on my proper vestments, but I'll be happy to do that for you. If you'd like to meet me back here, say, you know, a quarter hour's time or, or half an hour's time, something like that, let me... Get my head together. Such a such a thing cannot be 
handled by merely the waving of uh, waving of my fingers and saying of some magic words. You see, I must be in the right mental frame of mind to bring the spirit of God into the salt. Okay, well, we need to go talk to Smith anyway, right? Yeah, there's somebody that can help us with uh, Mia or a crossbow or something like that. Okay, yes, well, I will, I will do that for you and I will see you soon. He, okay, thank you he, so much. He does the sign Bye. of the he does the sign of the cross over you guys, and, <coughs> and the Smith finally. Which you, uh, and I was going to let you make up the details about him, and of course you've already told us he is Mister Smith. And uh, what would that be, Herr Schmidt in German? I don't know, Herr Schmidt. Herr yeah. Schmidt. But he says, "You want a what?" He says after you explain it to him the first time. Assault rifle. Hmm. Assault rifle. So, you wish to create a rifle that would, what, shoot salt? Spray salt? Yeah, project it. Project. Hmm. Yes, well, sort of, I was thinking something sort of more like a crossbow, Hmm. but made of metal, and, and it would fire pointy projectiles which we could load with salt. Hmm. I see, I see. Which would then dissolve inside of the beast and penetrate its muscles. Hmm. I think I could build something if you could envision it. I, I make a lot of horseshoes and, and uh, handles for tea kettles and such like, but perhaps if you could draw up some designs for me. And I could, I could uh, visualize better what you're speaking of. And so basically what we're asking you to do is use your craft skill here, uh, Ludwig, to draw up and design the actual... He gives you some butcher's paper and a chunk of lead. And uh, let's see, I think this would probably be... Uh, I don't know, what do you think? you think it would be challenging to design a salt, uh, you know, rifle? Something my heart tells me. No, it's a based uh, on a crossbow, really, though. Oh, I'm going to say it's easy, so I'm going to roll 1d10. And, oh, well, I might as well not have rolled a 1d10 because i got a 9. But uh, if you're rolling t- one dice plus certainly your craft skill, and you could probably argue the background dice, too. Oh, that's true. I do have... I do, I'm going to... So I rolled... I'm not even going to roll the extra die because I rolled a 9 exactly, and if I roll one more die, it's going to exceed 9 for... There's no way it won't exceed There's nine. no way it won't, yeah. But you will be robbed of the fun of rolling the dice, which will then probably go on the floor, so don't do it. Okay. Well, I, I, so a total of 15. Well, he goes, oh, okay, now it takes a good quarter of an hour or whatever, but he, oh, mmm, mmm, he nods enthusiastically. Yes, yes, yes. He starts rummaging around for parts. And, uh, yes, I, I'll, I'll get to work right away. If you're sure this will help. If you're sure this will help. Well, I'm not sure, but I have a good feeling about it. I hope so. I want this curse lifted once and for all. You know, we're all going to be part of the Empress Maria Theresa's lands now, and I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather go into the future without this dark shadow of medievalism hanging over us, says the exceptionally well-educated blacksmith. Um, speaking of dark shadows, could you, do you think you could also perhaps pound out a very reflective sheet of metal? I don't know if I have time to do both of those, but but I tell you what, I do have some polish 
and some excess scrap metal by the shed. I'll let you turn. I'll let you take a take your hand at that while I work on this these projectiles and this salt thrower for you. That's fair. I, I was an apprentice blacksmith, you know. Yes, I could tell. I could see it in your fine body. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna make another craft roll. This one takes a while, though. This is gonna be like you pounding for a good forty-five minutes of polishing. And what is my target? Uh, your target, I think this should also be fairly easy. And hey, guess what? I only rolled a one. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. I rolled a 26. Well, yeah, I mean, God, for such a huge difference, we have to assume this is just like almost as perfect as a regular mirror. I mean, it is just absolutely, you know, it catches whatever light there is. And That's good. I was uh, worrying that. Um that wasn't going to be good enough. I thought maybe we'd have to find an actual mirror, but at this in this year, I don't know how good mirrors actually were. This is probably, you know, pretty good. So, yeah, it certainly will reflect the the light. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how perfect. Like when you look in it, it might look a little funhouse mirror-ish. I don't know. It's not like a but right. I mean, I assume it's not going to be good for reflecting images that look right. great, but. In terms of reflecting light, it should be sure. Yeah, you you feel really confident about it, and it's a very successful visit to the Smiths. But it takes up a lot of time, and you really only feel like you, you maybe got about an hour of daylight left. You know, uh, well, you got an hour and fifteen minutes till like every minute's starting to count at this point. You know, at this point, you could arrive at the uh, at the Beast's lair with with a mere quarter hour to a half an hour to spare. You know, <clears throat> so if. Would, but it, is, it, is it not coming tonight? Is it tomorrow night? I forget. Well, I didn't, I didn't think you guys were going to sit here and wait for it. I thought you were going to go after it. N- right, right, right. But I'm saying if it's if we're going to be cutting it that close, do we want to wait? And can we, if it's not coming tonight, can we go fight it? Oh, well, instead? no. The, the implication is once that sign, once the sigil got painted, you know, it'll come out looking for it. Looking for got it. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I feel like the beast probably is coming tonight. We're certainly very, very likely. So, yeah. But you still have time as long as you don't dawdle too much. But uh, is there anything else you guys want to do other than get the salt? Or? Mm, maybe it, um, we should tell the the girly man that uh, he does not need to uh, keep wearing his mother's clothes. Or, or should we just let him <laughs> uh, sit there and, and think about what he's done and live in his shame well on, on, the, on the one hand I do think it would be a, a quite large kindness to him to um, relieve him of that shame for a, a time but I think he deserves it to be honest yeah he was weak they did a very bad thing we let him sit there and, and think about it and if we fuck up and the beast kills us, um, we want the beast, if he comes, to hopefully take Pierce and, and not a little girl. Because he deserves it. Yes, we don't know if we're going to survive the beast. Uh, we've never fought anything like this before. We must, we must prepare ourselves. Well, here we need a montage of of uh, exercising. 
<laughs> and uh, we need to, yeah, get to get the uh, get the uh, salt and the practice and all that. Well, we have about ten minutes to practice. Yes, right. That is all for, you for need mo- for a montage. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need for a montage. There you go. Okay. Well, we're gonna montage the next ten minutes because we just don't have enough time. So, yeah. Well, you guys, uh, you go back to the priest, and and he says, "Now remember, usually with the salt, the salt itself is not so much what is lethal as the salt will render the beast vulnerable to harm by physical weaponry. So you may only need to hit it once or twice with your with this uh, salt rifle you keep speaking of. But well, I hope it works." I, <laughs> But I can't shoot. I don't. I, I'm no good at shooting. So, I think Dagobot should take this rifle, and I, and I will. I will hold the ammo on the salt, and I will load the salt into the uh, projectiles for you. Yes. Very well. But if this thing is what I think it is, you will be doing not only this village, but this whole world and the church and God Himself great favor. So, I give you a blessing. And he, he lays his hands upon you and, and mumbles some words and gives you a blessing, which uh, is not a rule thing. I just made it up. But you get to re-roll one time, one die, not a whole roll. But any one die in a roll, you can re-roll it for the rest of the night. You don't have to take the second. You know? mm. That is just literally his blessing. And uh, Thank you, Father. Yes, yes, because I wish I was going with you, but... No, I'm I'm trained as for the life of a scholar, not not that of a warrior, unfortunately. But you'll be doing a great service to the world. For I believe that you, I believe the beast is one of these Nephilim that I spoke of, or at least the child of one. This is a, something as powerful as an angel, but much darker. Hmm. I believe you will need. Thank you for that, Mister Motorcycle. <laughs> you'll need every. That's yes, my I've I've lent out my motorcycle to <laughs> an orphanage. They are riding it up and down the street for fun. But no, I I, I give you my blessing and I, I send you on with, with God, God in your hearts. For I do believe it is likely that you'll be destroyed by the beast. But you will go to heaven when you die. This much I can assure you. I absolve you of all your sins. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes, I didn't even. You didn't even make me tell you what they were. That's very kind no, of you. I grant you an indulgence. I can only guess what they are. All men have similar sins. It is true. What if you're. Is it a sin if you're trying to save your own life and you touch a, another man's. You hold on to another man's genitals to save no, yourself? It is not, for it is written in the Old Testament that uh, Joseph's father, Jacob, he did the same thing. On, place his hand on his thigh during a, to make us to swear. And we believe this to be a euphemism in translation. They put one's hand on one's thigh in the Bible while making an oath. It would probably mean that one's genitalia would be touched. So a man would lay a, a hand upon another man's member while swearing. And so this is not unseen or, or unheard of in the eyes of God. It is merely unseemly in polite society. It could be that his penis was so long that it went down to his thigh, and when he touched his thigh, it touched his penis as well. 
Yes, especially in the Old Testament. If you know how people used to live much longer in the Old Testament days, you know, five, six hundred years, probably they also had much, much longer genitalia. Yes, that, that makes sense to me. This is very progressive for Middle Ages Austria. I am part of the counter-reformation. And I'm here to win the hearts, win back the hearts and minds and souls of the people who are, you know, we don't want them to, we would like to win back the heretics that have gone over to Lutheranism. But of course, here in Austria and southern Germany, we are still very good Catholics, don't worry. But yes, he's progressive. I, I was going to be a Jesuit, but I couldn't make the sacrifices. I could not live a life of poverty. But no, I, uh, no, I was just reading that about the thigh thing, and um, that does seem to be true. So that's what I went with. You know, if if you think Jesuits are vowing poverty and living in lives of poverty, you should see what they're doing over in the Japan. It's, it's crazy. Really? They're, I'm like, controlling the trade with China and doing all this wacky stuff that I read about in the newspaper. I would very much like to go visit the Japans, and I'm glad that our Jesuits are doing good work over there, but... If they, are enri- if they are enriching themselves, then that is most unseemly. I'm sure the Pope would never count on such a thing if he knew about it. <laughs> oh, surely not, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he's, he's not a greedy shithead either. No, it's, it's totally not oh, like no, that. No, no, no. And even if he was, God works through greedy shitheads just as easily as he works through <laughs> good men. So, yes. You know, in the Bible, men like King David and... Could, all, could, could very much be thought of as very sinful and wicked men. But I am taking up all your time with theological matters, and I did not mean to do this. So, again, let, let go with my blessing and go with, with, uh, with peace in your heart regarding your, your necessary touching of one another's genitalia. I don't need to know the details. But well, I didn't get to touch yours yet. No, you, you, you can't... You... You are the... We are the... Um, forgiven. Now you don't... You don't need to do it again. Don't... We do it. I didn't do it the first time. I know, but... We, d- you just let let it be. We don't need to... Uh, do it, and then we'd have to get blessed again. You know. Once is well, enough. Okay, but... The scriptures do say an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, and... By implication... <laughs> With my progressive interpretation of scriptures, I believe that you must, you are required by biblical law to touch each other on the penis. Well, yes, I guess if, if I have done it, then you must done it, do it perhaps, as well. Perhaps you only feel awkward about it because it's, it's not been reciprocated. You know, as wacky as this world is, the priest really doesn't go that far down the rabbit hole in this conversation with you. And when, when pointing out that, uh, you know, he's taken up perhaps enough of your time, <clears throat> he goes ahead and uh, sends you off. The, the You know, the salt has presumably been blessed in, uh, in whatever way. He probably didn't do anything to it. He doesn't want you to think that there's some ritual involved. But... Uh, or he's like really a Satan worshiper, and he like imbued it with Satan power or something. Yeah, he he, he did cursed he, it or something. Yeah, it's, it's, when you if you shoot the boost with it, it'll make the beast like stronger, <laughs> grow larger, and uh, but uh, I believe you, did you guys say you wanted to stop by and talk to Piers? I don't think so. I okay. think we want to punish him in Let case him. we get killed by the beast, and the beast will come take him, okay. and not 
Okay. And not the girl. Okay. Well, uh, do you guys want to gather any more muscle or do anything else before you leave the, the village and go looking for, for the beast? Well, if I could find my my old friend that I used to pal around with this guy, he was crazy. He was a oh, thug. Yes, the gregarious thug is a friend of yours. Yeah. What was his name? I'm totally throwing you guys on the spot. Uh-huh. You know, Mr. Schmidt was the one. Well, in this game, you get like a little background ally, and they're here to help you. They're here to provide a benefit, like making weapons for you in Ludwig's case. And, and uh, what's your gregarious thug buddy's name? Fritz. Fritz. Of course it is. Fritz. And everybody loves Fritz. He's gregarious. He's a good guy. Back there, he's right out. He's sitting on the bench outside front of the tavern right now. Smoking a smoking a pipe with some there you expensive are. tobacco. You son hey, of a there bitch. There you are. There you are. You know you're the son of a bitch. Come here and give me a hug, you son of a bitch. How the hell yeah. are you? How the hell are you, you son of a bitch? I see you're traveling in fancier circles than me these days, he says, pointing at Ludwig. Who's yeah, he's a, he's kind of a girly man, but uh, he can handle himself and I can handle him. It's, I did Sometimes he definitely him. can handle me. This is true. <laughs> Sometimes some of the girly mans make the strongest fighters because you're not expecting them to hit so hard. And of course, it's not about the size and the bulk of a man, like I've told you before, but how well they can apply the muscles that they do have. But, hey, listen, everyone here says that you came into town to go after the beast. I haven't seen you since the days in Fieldorf, of course, but what, are you a holy warrior now? Are you... Are you a fearless yeah, a monster hunter? Are you a witch killer now? How did you get into this line of work? I just take take it, uh, job offers as they come, you know, just travel around. And uh, they're like a vagabond. But uh, if I kill the beast, then I will call myself a uh, monster hunter. But we have... Mm. Well, I did kill... We did kill one beast. So I guess that uh, we we are doing that now. So, uh, we are still noobs. Yes. Well, I am a noob when it comes to beast hunting, but you know, my favorite thing to hunt, of course, is the wild boar. You need a nice big boar spear for something like that, you know, a nice big cross piece. That's what I have. Listen, he, it's leaning up inside. Let me show you. And he brings out this great big, like, 12-foot-long spear with a great big crossbar behind the point that they use to, like, you know, stick a boar from... A ways back, and the crossbar is there so the boar can't crawl up the, you know. And uh, he's got one of those. But uh, maybe if you're going to hunt a beast friend, I I suggest you use one of these. Did you come here to borrow this from me? I came here to ask for you, for your help. Maybe Uh, we could uh, use your company. Maybe you'd come along and help us. I would have been hurt if you had only wanted me for the for the boar spear. Hmm. Uh, we, after a beast, hey? Mm. Well, we, I don't know. We're going to need all the help we can get. It will be di- very dangerous, and we might not come back. Well, perhaps, uh, perhaps if I were to die fighting the beasts, then perhaps my sins would be forgiven because they are very long. I have a very long list of sins. You know, yes. you know about many of them. I I have uh, the same sins as you, many of them, and uh, yes, we have I just uh, we have been absolved by the priest for our sins, for our 
for our duty and uh, uh, I think uh, you will be forgiven as well if you come yeah, with us. Yeah, by implication, that would mean that I also would be. Yes, yes in the, even the, uh, Dick Touching is forgiven. Dick so, Touching is forgiven? Yes. So do we can... There's, you know, anything in the past that might have happened, anything in the future even that happens. You have an indulgence that covers future crimes? That, my friend, is an amazing... That is yes. an amazing indulgence. Well, if I was then, on the fence at all, the dick-touching thing would have... You know, I got up to... I went to some strange parties in the Fieldorf days, as you know. So, so uh, I'll be happy to go with you and your pretty friend to fight the beast. Thank so you. Is, so is it like... Uh, as you guys are walking now, he's... Like, so... Is it uh, like a bear? No, I think it is like a... Uh, Nephilim or Seraphim or one of those things from the Bible. Uh, Nephilim? Do you mean the giants that uh, Father Johann spoke the, of? Is it a giant? Well, I, I think it was tall. I don't know if it, it was a giant, but it could be uh, it could be a, a relative of a Nephilim. Or <clears throat> but we know it has um, black skin. Well. I will. I will go with you. I, I always thought it would be like a like an animalistic creature. That's how I always imagined it. Uh, you're saying I think it is a humanoid creature. Mm. Well, I would not. I would be lying if I said the hackles in the back of my neck did not stand up a bit at this. But we have uh, we have n- learned its weaknesses, so we'll be shooting it with blessed salt. That will weaken it and allow us our weapons to harm it, and we have a uh, reflective metal to shine sunlight on it, uh, which will also hurt it. But we have to we have to leave now before it gets nighttime. Yes, 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 yes. Very well, my friends. We will go adventuring once again, and and you guys are head off. The people of the village are gathered now. Everybody knows. People suspect what you're what you're going off to do. Uh, Pierce looks up. He doesn't try to talk to you again, but he has a hopeful look on his face. Uh, you see Katrina and her father and the whole family. You know her whole family. They're all standing with their arms around each other, watching you go. And people give you meaningful nods. And nothing as open as a wave, but make eye contact and give you grim nods. And, of course, the Baron's not there to see you off, obviously. He's up in his castle, probably overseeing the menu for the next meal. But uh, you guys traipse off into the pine woods in the direction of the, the old fortress. But you hear fluttering of footsteps coming through the underbrush behind you and Pierce has run up to catch up with you. He's running like lifting his skirts, you know. <laughs> so so he's like, you trip over him and he's, he's running Put that up. down. I'm not going to touch your penis. No, no, I don't want you to touch my penis. Not, not again. Uh, I <laughs> No, I know that didn't happen. No. Uh, he, he, uh, or who's to say? You know, you, your characters have had long. But, uh, no... No, I just... Uh, what, what is happening? Are you going to leave me? Uh, 
Well, uh, we would we are going to hunt a beast. Uh, you know, a new. Uh, we learned that it, the. Uh, yes, we were going to leave you. Why <laughs> don't uh, leave me? I, it's the only way I can eliminate my shame is to help. And the, at least as bait for the beast, I had a vital role to play. But now I'll just be sitting there like a fool. All night while you are perform your heroics against a beast, or even die against a beast, and then I will be left to live with my shame forever. All of the village knows the only way I can expiate my sin is to go with you and help you. Please let me come with you. I think this is fine. You can come with us. Yes, I think on uh, one condition. What is okay, the condition? What is, yes. Anything. What? Well, now you're going to be bait before back at your house for the beast, and now you're just going to be bait at the fortress for the beast. Do you really think I can pass? He says, like with a hopeful, you know, he's hopeful about it. He kind of preens himself a little bit unconsciously. Do you really think I can pass for a beautiful girl? I'm not sure that the beast will even know the difference. Hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think maybe um, you uh, are to stand in the distance just in case. Let it see you, but you don't want to be right up next to it. Well, it's, of course, it's, it will be just starting to get dark, so it might be hard to see, you know, from that distance. So hmm. I think we'll be fine. And besides, if the beast sees you and figures out it is a ruse and kills you, you won't have to live with your shame anymore. Mm. Yeah. You said a mouthful there, Fritz says, and Fritz says, just throw in my, my, uh, my opinion and think of it. The, if, the, if the light was dark, Pierce, you just might fool me. So, you're not too bad. Pierce seems to gather some confidence from, from these words and yours, and you guys traipse on through the, through the underbrush. Now, Piers knows how to get to the ruins because he's been there to sketch them before. You guys haven't personally been there. But they're climbing a mountainside, but, you know, it's it's uh, not like uh, mountain climbing. It's more like just following tedious switchbacks on trails uh, going up into these mountains. In, uh, the Austrian Alps, actually. And Schloss Bungberg is on the end. I mean, that's where the Baron Bung gets his name. Wolfsburg's like in the the shadow of it. And after some time creeping through the woods. And of course, you know, like I said, it is daylight. But here in the woods with an overcast sky, you know, it's, it's even darker. And everything has a sinister aspect. You're like constantly, you know, almost expect there's a heavy pregnant expectant feeling in the air. As if something terrible is just about to happen. So it has a deep effect on your nerves as you're walking along. You almost expect behind every tree, you know, someone's going to jump out. Because, you know, maybe the beast itself can't handle the daylight. But already once, you know, the beast has hired thugs and mercenaries to come after you guys. Now, you've already groin-stabbed some of those dudes. But you never know where or when more might be around. And slowly you approach the fortress. And it does not look so much like a fortress as a tumbled collection of boulders and bricks. And these are kind of spilling halfway down the mountainside. 
there is a tower, but the tower itself is like half crumbled. Like some of it's standing, but the top of it and part of the side is off. So you can see some of the floors inside the tower almost in cross section, you know, just through one of the sides of it. And there are probably subterranean areas around here as well. The everything is overgrown. You know, this would this place used to be situated well and have a great line of sight, but now the trees around it have been allowed to grow so high. I mean, you guys aren't up above the tree line or anything. And so it's it's fairly isolated and very wild is definitely returned to nature. There's great big carpets of moss all over everything. And there's just enough daylight, though, uh, that uh, it almost looks present, pleasant. It almost looks pretty, even for for all its sinister reputation. And you can see why Pierce might have been moved to sketch it. Can't you see why I would be moved to sketch it? Pierce says as you go to sleep. Mm. Yes, it is very striking. But we're not, we must never forget this is the domain of the beast. We must find, be ready. How you find the beast in all that great tumult of stone? I think we should... The three of us should hide and wait for an ambush with the loaded assault rifle and then you go and just kind of stand and then call to the beast. Tell it you have come from the village to offer yourself. I don't know. You can do it. You can do this. You have to... You have to lure the beast to you. You cannot be scared. I mean, you can be scared, but you have to have courage. And uh, you have but to I stand there. But I don't have courage. But well, I don't. You have to, or you will not be... You will, you will live the rest of your life in shame. But surely the beast will not come out in the daylight. But we have to... Uh, that's true. We will have to. I would have to be very, very charming. I don't think I'm that charming. Ah, oh, damn! I think you're right. We would have to go in and set an, set up an ambush inside, and then I will wait outside with the reflector so that I can reflect light into the darkened area. Yes, I think that is what we must do. We have to get us one of us. You will have to stand and hold it just the right angle to reflect the sun right at the beast in this darkened layer. Well, says Fritz, it looks like the only place to get in around here is in the the first few floors of that tower, unless there are sinkholes into the ground. Everything else seems tumbled down. To the tower, then. Right, he says, and he hefts up his big boar spear and he should have brought I, I forgot my skull cap he says damn you I wish, I wish we all had skull caps I have a skull cap collection at home we each could have won a skull cap that would have been well we wouldn't we wouldn't want Pierce to have a skull cap because then he would not look he would not be able to see this this luxurious long hair no I and I also don't have the right shoes for it but uh, 
All right, well, you approach the uh, dark entrance, and it certainly is dark in there. It's like inky dark, like there should be, because it's... And I don't know if I'm really describing where I see this tower to be adequately to either you or our listeners, but if you picture like a Pringles can, right, (laughs) grab part of the top and then rip it off down the side to where it was mostly structurally intact, but there's a huge chunk of it missing from the side. And you can see, like, a couple of floors inside there, right? It's like a big chunk of wall missing. Like the thing was struck by lightning but didn't all fall down. So there should be, like, ambient light through this doorway. From the doorway itself and cracks and things and broken floors above and the incomplete walls. But there's nothing. It's all, like, inky black darkness, almost supernatural darkness. And uh, pierced gulps and... And that's what I should... Do you want me to go in there and call the beast? Well, we have to, I think, go in. I will accompany you and um, uh, Fritz will come with us. That's and right. We'll have to stand outside, just outside the door. Okay. It's sure dark in there. But Pierce steps in, and I assume you'll be right behind him, because if you're not, he's going to turn back around and run back out. And a second you go in, it is absolutely... I mean, you cannot see your hand in front of your face. You turn around, you can... And, and, and Ludwig, from outside, from just outside, it almost looks like they disappear completely. Do you want to try to try to uh, you know, reflect some light in and see if that even penetrates this supernatural murk? Yeah. Okay. Well, luckily it does. You know, real light definitely shines in and illuminates everything. But there's this is like a, a primordial darkness. This is a darkness beyond darkness. And I am here to offer myself as a sacrifice to the beast. The boy painted the sign on my house and I asked him what it was for and he has come out to me. Come, I offer myself to you. And and uh, he grips your hand. He's like gripping your your arm so tight, by the way, Dag- Dagobert. I mean, he's, his fingernails are like digging into it, you know, breaking the flesh. He, he is being brave because he's freaking out inside. But there's silence. Oh, beast, he says after a bit. Tell him all the... Tell him you are a slut. Tell him <laughs> all the... All the things you will let him do. No one lets me do anything. It says a voice that sounds much like one of your own voices, except deeper. It is echoing throughout the place. Now, are you... Do you have the light shining in there right now, Ludwig? Or... Uh, well, I, once I saw that it would actually work, mm-hmm. then I would have yeah. let them yeah. be in the darkness. And okay. Well, during that brief flash, you guys did see there were some stairs going down, you know, like, beneath the level of the, the structure. And you can hear ever so slight... Not footsteps, but almost like a... a a noise like the sound of 
a gown being dragged on the floor behind her, like a blanket being dragged or something like that. You can hear that sound coming up the stairs, you guys. And you can hear her breath, deep breath, and penetrating the gloom Well, when nothing else, you know, in here does. Smoldering, cold red eyes open up in front of you. And they rear up to about, gosh, taller than you. You know, maybe seven, seven and a half feet off the ground as far as you can tell. It's all still pitch blackness. And you can even feel, you can almost feel Fritz trembling next to you. And the voice sounded very calm. No one lets me do anything. I do as I please. For I am as a son of God. I am an angel. You nothing and I see through your cheap trick do you think I cannot smell you boy now you will all die for this outrage and, and light in and <laughs> light shines in I'm not going to make you roll for that or anything but you guys see the thing and it is exactly as they've described you uh, as you've heard it described to you like jet black skin like like uh Black as night, and eyes like glowing coals, which you could already see. A long mane of like white hair. Uh, beautiful creature, though. Like a really almost looks like a inversion of what you'd picture of an angel, you know, right? And what you've heard, you've heard that they've been. Uh, I mean, like a color inversion, right? Uh, and you've heard a negative that, image. Yeah, like a negative image. Thank you. And you've heard it described as being wrapped in a leather cloak. But it actually has wings that are spread out on either side of it. It the creature itself is, is naked and gloriously so. It's a beautiful specimen. But the second that happens, it hisses and it pulls one of his wings over its face and cringes and hides and staggers backwards just a little bit. Uh, but in order to, you know, do anything about it, you have to rush out and into the sun to grab you. Now you know that the the sunlight weakens them it doesn't defeat them but normally the beast would be rolling a d20 you know when it would uh, strive against you but because of its weakened state it has to drop a die type because of all this light shining on it and it's down on d10s right now just like you guys are and I would say in that moment that it had to pull its wing over its face you know to shield itself from the light it would probably give you guys the opportunity to go ahead and do something and if you want Fritz to do anything you you just decide what he does you know I'll uh, and, and you can roll dice for him and uh, I won't decide what he does he's here to, to help you and to aid you he can he can be considered to have the strike skill is probably all he'll really need um well <clears throat> I'm going to say, here, Dagobert, and I'm going to underhand toss uh, one of the salt-filled projectiles. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to, uh, yeah, I think I need to do this before I do anything else. So I'm going to shoot some salt at it. Yeah, because if what the priest said was correct, all you really got to do is hit it once. What what this will do is make it vulnerable to even your normal weapons if only you can hit it with the salt and dissolve some salt in its bloodstream. Absolutely. Let's go for it. 
And, All right. Uh, and, that would uh, be shoot. That, that would be yeah. shoot, but uh, uh, you know this is a this is a challenging task. This is the this is the beast we're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. In fact, we won't make it hard, but it's certainly challenging. All right. And yeah, that means I got to roll for a target number, don't I? Which I got two fives, a ten could be worse. Um, I have a thirteen. Hey, guess what? <laughs> You thought you heard screams before. This scream that the beast gives out, it's not that it, it's so much that it's its high pitch, which it is, and you're not expecting that. It's not so much that it's really, really, really loud, like as loud to you in this cave as, as like a jet engine or a passing train would sound to, to us. It's like a terrible, terrible, otherworldly scream. Like this thing's existing in other dimensions and some of that stuff's coming through this scream. Uh, but also it's just like just existential dread. It's a terrible scream. It knows what has just happened to it. It can feel the salt. And he screams, It burns! It burns! Uh, but then there's also an under, a growl of rage that, that follows that up. Now, if you want your buddy to do anything, if you want Fritz to do anything, you let me know. He's hesitating for the moment. Piers to do something. What's Piers going to do? I want Piers. Piers, get out here and hold this so I can get in and fight. You're going to be useless in the fight. <laughs> he, he, he stumbles out backwards and do it. places with you. What do you, what do you want Fritz to do? Strike him, Fritz. Yeah, I want right. him to stick him like a boar. Go ahead and roll two dice for Fritz. He needs to beat an 11. All right. Oh, ten. Well, he tries, he tries, but uh, <clears throat> the thing whisks the... Realizing it's going to have to endure a little bit of light, even though it's weakened, it whisks the uh, obscuring wing away from its face, and in doing so, uh, bats the incoming boar spear out of the way. And, uh, and then what would you be doing? Well, actually... You were holding a thing. All that. You guys all basically went. Yeah. And so we need to give the beast his due, don't we? And the closest person and greatest threat and the one that's most angry at is the one holding that salt thrower, Dagobert. And he wants to attack Dagobert now combat specifically is not you know 100% spelled out in this little one page game but I think the implication is definitely a versus roll here and he's rolled two dice I need you to roll two dice and we're going to see who can roll higher but I gotta warn you I rolled very 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 well on my two dice I have a 16 if you can beat a 16 it basically means you're not going to you know get hurt Uh, five well, you're certainly hurt. You are weakened. You have an injury. Put a little check mark or something somewhere. You know, you are you are injured once, which could become a problem for you. Yeah, with its with its claws on its fingers, it uh, rips into you. And then, uh, Ludwig, what do you do? You just run into the room and you see this happen to your friend. No, I can't let you do this. I must attack. 
with my sword. Okay, bravely rushing in with your sword, you attack the creature. Uh, this time, I rolled one less this time. I rolled a 15 this time. Well, now mm-hmm. a six. Nine. Roll the thing. Okay, oh, okay. Let's not forget our one roll. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Special Save it when you think it'll work, blessing. but yeah. Let's not forget the blessing. Well, I would need to get to 10. Okay. <laughs> so I have like a 10% chance yeah. to succeed. So. Yes, God it's wants kinda... you to have better odds than that. God helps those who don't make foolish bets. So uh, I, I assume that you would want our good friend Fritz to, to stick it. And Fritz has to roll more than a, Fritz has to roll more than a 10 to stick it with his boar spear. Okay. Uh, I oh man, I rolled a ten <clears throat> exactly, which doesn't uh, gotta be over. Cut, does not cut the mustard or the beast, unfortunately. But you know what? It's the beast. Did you think it would be easy? Meanwhile, Pierce is holding the 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 mirror, but he's not as steady as you, Ludwig. So it's still illuminating. It's still doing his job, but he's shaking so bad, you know, that the the light in here is shaking. It's like a psychedelic quality to this to this fight, and. Uh, um, I think the only person who has not gone in this little go-round has been our, our good friend Dagobert. He's been hit, but he hasn't done anything else. What do you do? Um, well, since I don't... I've already hit it with the assault, and you only need to do that once, apparently. Uh, I will drop that and and charge with a sword. Okay, yeah, it's weakened. You guys need to get, like, one good hit on it. You know, because yeah. right now you've done everything you could do to make it vulnerable, and uh, so, yeah. But the target number—I've just rolled an eight and a three. That's an eleven again. Okay. Um, I rolled a seven. I'm thinking Whoa. about re-rolling one of the die. Hey, you want to do it? You just need that one good stab. Um, stab. You'd be blessed. Will the blessings fall upon you? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to save it because I don't think I'd get it. Saving his blessing for another time. Well, that opens you guys up to another round of attacks. Well, but, I'll save it. If I get hit, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely want to re-roll. Well, you're not the only person who's tried to stab it, and it reaches out to kill <laughs> Ludwig. But uh, Ludwig, hit his world a nine with his attack. He's trying to rip your throat out. But uh, you can fight it off if you can beat a nine. Eight. Eight. Oh, no, you are injured. You also are injured. You guys can't take but you guys can't take too many more injuries. This thing, luckily, is in a highly vulnerable state. So it's got to hit you a couple times. You just need to hit it once. But you're starting to both feel that one or two more blows. You could be rolling your endurance or dying or endure. Um. So, what do you do? Anybody really, in any order, frankly, on your turn? Who? Uh, um, Fritz. Fritz will try again. Hey, Fritz tries again. I rolled a seven and a four. Is that an eleven again? Might as well yep. armor class eleven. Might as well be what it's. But keep rolling elevens. Come on, Fritzy. Eight. Oh, you got to be kidding me. It's House of Whiffs. 
in his house of West. But what about Ludwig? He's right there. He's he's able. He's got a sword. And this time I... God damn, though. This time I roll a 9 and a 6. 15. But you never know. Oh, fuck. So, no, I got a 7 and a 4. So that is an 11. No, it's an 11. And uh, what about you, Ludwig? I mean, uh, Dagobert. Because we know Fritz has attacked it, but... Before it can attack again, you can get a blow in. All we need is one good hit, you guys. One you, good stab. You motherfucker. Uh, eleven. I need to be better than eleven. Uh, or what was the target? Well, I had, I didn't roll the target number. Yet. Okay. I just rolled it, which is a six and a two, which is an eight, which is good, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you stabbed it. Yeah. You have stabbed the creature. And he was about to give a witty rejoinder, you know, to you, Conan, a, a, a motherfucker. And he was about to tell you about how he fucked all the mothers of the ancient world and his blood runs in your veins and some diluted. To, but before he can get any of that out, a look of shock comes up on his face as the uh, as your blade slides in. And with uh, just a few milliseconds of absolute silence as that sh- surprise registers on its face and then the beast <laughs> explodes in a burst of negative energy from the plane of negative material and I need you guys to make a very hard roll to not be caught up in the blast however I rolled so low. I have a two and a three and a one for very hard. So altogether, you only need to get a six. Uh, but was I, this? Would this, are we using one die for this or two? Or it's the hard. I have rolled three because so it's really up to you know you tell me. It's just one unless you've got a skill or something yeah, relevant in I your background. Just to avoid. Uh, you know this shock wave or, or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly negative. what it's more like concussive energy. You know, It'll like ripple through you and break all your bones rather than blow you up. I don't necessarily have, and it's it should be hard. So I'm opting to just use one die. It should I, be hard. Pierce, by the Same way, here. Pierce is shattered. Pierce is Pierce is. Uh, you hear it screaming from. Rest in peace, my friend. Okay. Did you say something, Ludwig? I don't think I heard. I thought I heard your voice for a second, but well, my internet was shitting its pants there, and I couldn't hear you guys at all for a second. But then I rolled a seven. Oh, okay. Well, luckily for you, you, you mean you could feel it. It's like you get, you know, slammed, body slammed through your whole body, and got hit by a car. But you're not dead. You fly backwards a bit, skid outside in the gravel outside the. The, the door. What about you, Dagobert? Seven. Oh, you make it too. Uh, and ah, poor Fritz. Poor Fritz has got a three on his one. So again, his bones are shattered as well. That's, I was totally prepared to kill everybody here if that's what it came to, but you guys, you guys made it through. It was a very low roll of six on three d ten, which is lucky. But. No, the beast, uh, you can hear is this, this scream kind of dying away as if someone is like a fade out, you know, in a song. And 
there's like no remnants of the beast anywhere in that room when you shine the light back in. Now there's just the shattered bodies of your companions and absolutely nothing. No sign that the, the beast itself was ever here except for the rocks and pebbles and broken bits of uh, things that were inside the room that got pushed out of the way by its wave of energy. Does when it when the, after the beast explodes does the uh, uh, supernatural darkness go with it or yes in fact it does it's a good detail thank you because the darkness is just like a byproduct of its creates its own darkness around it it only drops it when it wants to and of course it's still by now you know night real night is falling but there's enough ambient light you know that that purple twilighty stuff and uh, gets in and in the fading light of your in your fading reflected light you can see you feel pretty confident also the whole mood changes really i'm not saying the flowers all around instantly start to bloom <laughs> or anything like that but you know the the i said earlier that the the schloss itself could could be really pretty you know if, if it's not so sinister and it suddenly does seem a little bit prettier and you'll come some fireflies return to the area and you realize deep in your hearts that, that you have destroyed the beast, and you probably will get your 100 gulders from, from the Baron. And uh, who knows, though, now that you have a reputation as fearless monster slayers, uh, I'm sure the word will get out about the devil child, and it will certainly get out about the beast. You know, the Empress Maria Theresa has taken over these lands. She's the Habsburg Empress. Uh, someone like that could be a very great patron. Maybe they'll hear of your exploits, and you'll be sent on to fight even greater beast in the future but that will be one of many possible futures here on Goonies World so we're going um, to end this uh, we're ending the one beast one scene I'd like to add before we end the beast there is one more scene <laughs> I'm, you know we're here in the semi-darkness and and I'm going to say I'm, I'm wounded uh, I think I have there are some shrapnel that you would. I need you to get out. <laughs> Just reach over here and grab it, pull it. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think I see what you're getting at. Um, here, I think I got. Oh, this shrapnel is very hard. <laughs> yes, give it that good tug. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure that those kinds of shenanigans are exactly what Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor intended when they wrote <laughs> The Beast. So, uh, but anyway, it's a good little one-page game. This is the real beast. That's the real beast. <laughs> the real beast in our hearts has come out tonight. But next time, uh, I believe Ryan will be back as our game master with something completely different. Indeed. Right. That's the plan anyway. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world. And check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.